0: Hello and welcome to Ferris Forward. I'm your host, Dave Eisler. <laughs> Delighted that you would join join me today for a conversation with Dana King, soon to be Doctor Dana King, when she <laughs> receives an honorary degree at the spring commencement ceremonies on May seventh. Thanks so much for joining us, Dana.
1: Oh. I'm just so delighted to be here. I, I love I love my alma mater. I, I love what you've been doing. I'm super excited to be here on your podcast. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Well, and you are really an extraordinary graduate with so many great stories. You grew up in Big Rapids, didn't you?
1: I did. I graduated from Big Rapids High School in 1978, <laughs> so long ago, it's crazy to think. And then I graduated Ferris in 1982.
0: What do you recall from your time when you were in school here?
1: Oh, you know, I tried to take a lot of different classes and I encourage young people to do that. You get, most of us get one crack at at university life and and there's so many things to learn beyond what you believe you should be there to study. So I remember being in the theater at Ferris and I took a welding class and I just took classes that were of interest to me in addition to my curriculum for business that I graduated with a degree in. And um, I really liked the size of the school. I felt like I was seen there, I was heard there, that it wasn't so big that I was just a number. And I had access to my professors and I loved the social life of being able to be a townie and have my friends from from high school and, and yet build a whole new uh, circle of friends at university and try to combine the two. So I really, I loved everything except winter. I loved everything but winter.
0: <laughs> Probably why you live in California now. Bingo. So you studied marketing when you were here at Ferris. Is that right? Yes. Yes. And then there's this wonderful story about what you did when you graduated. So tell our, tell our listeners.
1: Oh my goodness. Well, I, it took me till my junior year, the very last minute that I could declare a major because I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And uh, I was, and so I picked marketing because I felt marketing was very creative. you you start with a concept and you build the product and you take it to market and and that interested me as someone who is artistic and i felt like i could i could earn a living creating in that way because i didn't know that you could be an artist and and have a life i i didn't know any artists and probably had been maybe to one museum in my life by that point. And and so that felt to me the most authentic way for me to um, have a life. But I graduated college, and a week later, I was in my, it's so cliche, I was in my little Volkswagen, packed to the rafters with all my stuff, with a sign on the window that said "California or bust," and I drove all the way to Los Angeles. And uh, I didn't have a job. I didn't know anybody in LA, and I had a thousand dollars to my name after I sold what didn't fit into my Volkswagen, and I got um, gifts from family for graduating college. And I spent, I spent most of it on. First, last, and security deposit. I rented a, a, a really awesome apartment on Venice Beach because I thought if I'm driving all the way from Michigan, I'm gonna live on the ocean. And it was, it was just an exciting time. And I finally got a job and <laughs> uh, in selling research for cable advertising. And then I got a job in cable advertising and uh, I sold airtime ultimately I got a job at the television stations in Los Angeles at at um, KNBC and I sold airtime I sold television time because I really wanted to run a TV station and then I did that for five years or so I loved it it was exciting and uh, I had a boss who, like to move his people around and he said hey I want you to be a reporter and I said what where and he said ah here and I said no I don't I don't want to and he said well I want you to and it really was it was that basic of a conversation and I said oh okay I guess you're the boss so I'll do it and I didn't I didn't know anything about broadcasting other than um, I had done some voiceover work while I was at Ferris and things. But, um, so I did that for 25 years, David.
0: And I have five Emmys, two Edward R. Murrow Awards, two Gracie Awards. So you didn't just do it. You were at the top of that profession.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I I loved my job. I, I traveled the world, I've been, um, to Afghanistan, Iraq, the Middle East, Kosovo, Central America, Africa. Um, I loved it. i I loved meeting people, regular, everyday people. I learned so much. and um, many people I saw at at times of their lives when you know they had nothing and and were suffering from some Natural disaster or war, and um, and and those people give me such hope today still because they were gracious and kind and and generous, and um, and I I, I just love the business until I didn't love it anymore, and um, it has changed a lot. I don't miss it. I don't miss being on TV, and I left to. Create art. I went back to school when I was 48 years old to get my master's in fine art, and uh, and now I create. I create public art. I create black bodies in bronze, and I consider it an extension of the work that I did as a journalist. It's just that the medium has changed. I'm still um, sharing history with people. Um, it's not living history. It's it's American history, and and i tell stories in bronze as opposed to telling stories with tape and video
0: and i certainly want to talk about your art but as you reflect back on all the stories that you covered as a journalist are there any that 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 stand out any that that you know that that when you think about the thousands of thousands of stories that you that you must have covered are there any that that you reflect on <sighs>
1: There are so many um, and they're all so different, but I remember being in Honduras after Hurricane Mitch, which at the time was the worst natural disaster that hit the Western hemisphere. And it was a hurricane that hovered over Honduras for three or four days and it just ground everything down to the nub. And, I went there with a producer who spoke Spanish and, and one camera person and, and it was devastating. But yet everywhere we went, people people who lived in, in shacks w- with dirt floors and were made of corrugated metal, um, they offered us food, they offered us shelter, wherever we went. And I remember one woman saying to me, um, that she was so grateful that we were there because she felt like if if the western media didn't show up, then people wouldn't know that this had happened to them. and um, and and she was just grateful that we told their stories and let them tell their stories. And, and that was that was a life-changing moment for me that that really helped me see the importance, the potential for media to, to bring light into situations of darkness and to tell stories um, that might not get told and to to and to help people. What, what I didn't know while we were down in Honduras that the TV station in San Francisco that I work for KPIX was running, um, was working with the Red Cross to, to collect donations for people in Honduras. And at that time, in the early nineties, we raised over a million dollars for the people of Honduras just by telling their stories, helping them to share what was happening. And that it was life-changing for me. And um, and so when the business changed and the budget, budgets changed and we couldn't do that kind of work anymore, I was, I was kind of done. Um, but I, I think that the media has a potential for good and for evil. And, um, and when, when we spend our time being less than objective and being less than um, giving with that medium, it, it, it serves the wrong purpose. And um, so I was grateful for the time I was able to, to, what, to create the work that I think was life-giving
0: and i think there's a direct connection between that and the art that you do and i know from our earlier conversations that art has been something that's been a part of your life for much of your life so talk a bit about that transition from this world renowned journalist to someone who's picking up a new new career as they begin to move towards 50
1: <laughs> well now i'm 62 so i've i've moved into it but I, you know, I did, I I went back to school because I wanted to learn to paint like the old masters with glazes and, and build up color and movement. And um, a friend invited me to, to take a, a weekend course with a master sculptor named Philippe Ferreau. And it was in Sacramento and, you know, I live in the East Bay. So, and she didn't want to drive alone. So I said, yeah, I'll go. Why not? I haven't, I haven't, mess around with clay since I was a little girl it'll be fun well by the end of that weekend i i drove all the way back to sacramento and told this this master sculptor i said listen i can't stay i got to go i'm full i have no more room for any more information i just need to go do this and um, that was a little more than 10 years ago and and i've been sculpting ever since i had no idea and it, what it did is it took it took the desire to create three D in a two D format with paint into, into literal three D, and it just it was it's everything to me, and um, and so I've 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 come to um, what it is I love to create, what I feel is my mission, and that's to tell the story of African descendants. And and the lives and the and the offerings that they've given to American history in bronze and and um, and that's what I do. I I want I want people to understand what we brought to this country, and I and I want it to be part of American history. I want those stories to be our history and. Um, and I think it's very important for people to be able to see themselves in statuary, for children to recognize that our history is more than slavery, way more than slavery, and um, and that our contributions have been significant. And, and so bronze is a, me- a medium that lasts forever. And so what it means is that those stories can be told generation after generation and they can live on and be shared and um, people can feel proud of that history. And I hope that it also encourages anyone who, who comes upon the work, whether it's accidental or intentional, to dig, to dig deeper into American history and into their own history. Um, because, because we have built this country together. And, um, and I think that the truth of American history needs to be told completely and in context. And I believe that's what my work helps
0: to do. Well, listening to you and having seen some of your work, I understand the, the ideas behind it. When you begin to work on a piece, how, how does the inspiration start for you?
1: Oh it's always exciting to be commissioned to create a piece. And what I start with is research, just like I would if I were reporting on somebody. I dig as deeply as I can. Um, the most recent sculpture that I worked on um, was, a well, not the most recent, that's not true. Um, my second most, no, my third most recent. <laughs> anyway, um, it sent me up to the um, to the Mormon temple here in Oakland to, to because they have invested so deeply into our, into everyone's ancestry. So I was able to do research up there about a man that um, there was only, you know, there was little known about him other than the basics. And, um, and so I start with research and I learn as much as I can about that person. And, um, and they start to, that information starts to inform a vision of who that person was, not just physically, um, but about their spirit, about their character, and about their physicality. But it's their character that drives how I work, and what I hope people see is not just the physical presence of that person, but 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 who they were and what drove them by based on based on things like how I dress them and. Um, how they stand and um, the way they look out into space; um, those those subtle nuances they really inform who that person was, and and that's the most important thing for me. And eventually, because really seriously, when I start every piece, it's terrifying. <laughs> it's like I just hope that they they come through, they come through me, through my hands into the clay, and um, and at some point they do. They 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 speak to me. They um, their presence is in my studio space, and and they they come to life for me. Um, it's a it's a it's a spiritual experience for me, um, because I believe I was I was given this gift from God, and um, I have an obligation to share it and to create this work and to put it out in the world.
0: So now you're going to come full circle. You're going to be back in Big Rapids in May. Uh, You're engaged with the university on the Jim Crow Museum Project. Uh, Thoughts as you approach uh, the receipt of this degree?
1: You know, when you you invited me to chat with you and um, and I didn't know why, <laughs> and, when, <laughs> and we had such a lovely conversation, and then you said, well, the reason I'm calling is because I want to, I'm wondering if you would accept um, this honor of a of an honorary degree, and I know that you remember, I mean, I boo-hooed. I was, I had tears squirting out my eyes, and I, I had a hard time catching my breath, and I'm just so, hmm, I'm gonna cry again. I'm I'm honored beyond measure. Ferris was such a in, an integral part of my growing up, and it 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 helped me become the woman that I am. It gave me confidence to go out into the world. And I mean, I was i I initially went to Ferris because I didn't have the confidence to go to a bigger school. And yet when I graduated four years later, I had the confidence to move to Los Angeles, the second biggest city in this country. And uh, without any foundation, I just knew that I could do it. And that's what Ferris gave me. So to come home, and I am coming home. Um, to accept this honor, I don't even have the words for it. I, I, uh, I hope that I uh, present to the graduating students um, an aspect of what they've experienced and what is their future, so that they can know that whatever it is they want to do, they can do whatever is for them to do, they'll figure it out and, and they will do it. It may take five years. It may take a minute. It may take, it may take 50 years, but what is theirs to do? They have, they have the ability to do. And much of that is due to their education at Ferris. So I'm I'm nervous as a cat on a hot tin roof to stand before these students because because it means so much. It means so much to me to to be invited and to be honored in this way that I hope that I can communicate to the students um, how important their relationship with Ferris is and to maintain it and to go out into the world as an ambassador of Ferris. Our history is, is rich, the history of Ferris is long, 1884, um, and, and the mission has been unchanged in all these years is to educate any and all of us who want to attend an institution of higher learning, and um, and I'm just so very proud of, of the history of Ferris, of bridge Ferris and his wife's mission to um, to bring any student to the university and to teach them, no matter their station in life, the color of their skin, the religion that they that they worship. It doesn't matter. It's here for all of us, and and I'm so proud to have graduated from Ferris.
0: And we are so very proud of you, and. Uh, I can assure you that this will be a memorable commencement. And our graduates are going to love you. They're going to to feel the passion, the strength of character, uh, the the honest emotion you bring to the work you do. I'm looking forward to hearing your remarks at commencement. And commencement's a special day, special day for every student is there. And it's it's going to be a very special day for you also. Yeah. We want this to be one of the happiest days of your life?
1: well it's it's already made me so happy to 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 be considered in this way. Um, i'm I'm certainly not deserving of of such an honor, uh, but I will work every day to uphold it and to and to take it out into the world. i uh, I'm grateful.
0: I can assure you that I don't think there's anyone listening. Who, who doesn't believe you're anything other than totally qualified for this honor. Wow. Uh, Soon to be Doctor Dana King, thanks <laughs> thanks for thanks for joining us today. Uh, I've so much enjoyed visiting with you, hearing your story, and uh please know how very proud of we are of you at Fair State University.
1: Wow, I'm just so grateful that this graduation comes during your 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 reign here at Ferris, and I—I I, I consider you royalty. Ferris royalty, and so for me to be able to accept this honor um, at the end of your time here, and um, and the gifts that you've given to Ferris, and the gift that you're giving to me, I'm—I want to thank you. Thank you so much, David.
0: Well, Danny, you are most welcome. Up, uh, you've been listening to Ferris Forward today. My 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 guest has been. Dana King, sharing some of her story of success from Big Rapids to the West Coast to all over the world, now creating sculpture that will live forever. Dana, thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure. I hope you'll join us next time for Ferris Forward. This has been a great opportunity to visit with you, Dana King. Thank you.